1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am your host, Dan Kenobi. We kick off 2019 with a jam-packed show. In this show, you're going to hear from Freddie Roach, Keith Thurman, and Adam Abramowitz. Let's hop right into it with our three-punch combination. The first jab comes from Caleb Plant, Jose Uzkatagi. Huge fight last night on FS1 that saw Caleb Plant take home the IBF Super Middleweight Championship. It was a really exciting fight. It was a 50-50 fight that when it got made uh, by PBC that I said, you know what, this is one that I'm going to circle on my calendar, and it delivered. How many times have we seen in the past of of these mismatches? But last night we saw Caleb Plant come out early, establish the jab, through some great combinations, ended up dropping uh, Uzkatagi twice in the first seven rounds. He faded it a little bit down the stretch, but he was able to pick up the victory. He got the unanimous decision win. Great judging to start off 2019. Hope that is uh, a common theme in 2019. And how about this uh, for Caleb Plant? After the fight, he picks up the IBF world title. He goes into his locker room. He proposes to his girlfriend, Jordan Hardy, who works for the PBC. So a great night for Caleb Plant. I like. want to see what he has in store uh, for 2019. Moving forward here, the second jab here of our three-punch combination is The Zone. They have a big fight card this Friday at the Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden fe- featuring... Some big names in the sport of boxing that we've all come accustomed to. Not exactly 50-50 fights, but more of showcase fights, but big names nonetheless. You're going to see Demetrius Andre in there. You're going to see Chris Algieri, Jorge Linares, Amanda Serrano. Will we see Jarrell Miller? Will we not see Jarrell Miller? We'll have to wait until Friday night, maybe, to see Jarrell Miller in that ring. He's very—he's rumored uh, to be on the car, but we'll see that on DAZN as they kick off their 2019. I know they have big goals and big ambitions uh, for the upcoming year. Can't talk about the zone without talking about Triple G and Canelo. There were some rumors over the weekend. Uh, De La Hoya put out a tweet saying that I'm putting out the marching orders uh, to make Triple G Canelo 3. Uh, you know, it's a coin flip at this point. Triple G can go anywhere. Something to keep an eye on. There hasn't been much reporting about Triple um, you know, G to the to zone. Something to keep an eye on. But finally, it all leads up to the main story of the week. Why we're doing this podcast today it's Pacquiao Broner Fight Week. So many narratives coming into this fight. We'll start with Pacquiao. The resurgent Pacquiao, 40 years old, fighting in the U.S. for the first time in over two years. Can he have that KO power that he's shown throughout his career? Can he knock down uh, Adrian Broner? He has Freddie Roach with him back in his corner. Freddie will join us just in a little bit to get his thoughts on the fight and how Manny is looking uh, in training camp. So which Manny Pacquiao are we going to see? Are we going to see the one that has destroyed guys his whole career, or are we going to see with that? And on the other side of the coin, you have Adrian Broner, a fighter that has taken many losses in the ring and outside of the ring, 3-2-1 in his last six fights. We know all the court dates. Last week, he had two court dates in the same day in different states, so it's going to be an excellent, excellent fight out in Las Vegas uh, between Manny Pacquiao and Adrian Broner, we're going to hop right into the interview portion of this show. You're going to hear from uh, we're going to hear from Freddie Roach next, and then Keith Thurman and Adam Maramowitz coming up next. This Saturday night, Freddie Roach will be walking Manny Pacquiao into the ring once again. But before we get to this Freddie Roach interview, I have to tell you about Jack Doyle's restaurant and bar located right in the heart of New York City, just a few steps away from Madison Square Garden. And Penn Station, now is the time to head into Jack Doyle's Super Bowl right around the corner. Before you know it, it will be time for March Madness and MLB Baseball right around the corner as well. Jack Doyle's is your place for private parties, happy hours, birthday parties. Go into Jack Doyle's and tell him that the Inside Boxing Live crew uh, sent you. With that, we'll bring in uh, Mr. Freddie Roach, who is a very busy man, and he's kind enough to join us here on Inside Boxing Live. How you doing, Freddie? I'm okay. And yourself? I'm doing great. I love talking boxing with you. Love having you on the show. Uh, We'll keep this brief, but what is it like to have Manny Pacquiao back at the wild card uh, for this uh, upcoming fight?
2: Yeah, um, Pacquiao has been back here here for the the last three weeks of training. He's doing very well. Our last day of sparring was Saturday, and uh, he looked really great. He's going to work out today, and then we're going to we're gonna to head to Vegas, and we have our grand arrival
1: tomorrow. What was it like having him back at Wildcard? Obviously, you know his last fight wasn't—he wasn't with you. Now he's back at Wildcard. Just having him in that gym, the gym that you know you have set on on the record that he he has built. What was it like having Manny back in that gym and just being around him again?
2: Uh, it's really good. Uh, you know, Manny's—he uh, has great work ethic. He trains really hard. He's good for all the other fighters to give an example too, and it was just great hi- having him here. He's, uh, he's he's one of the best best person I've met in my life, and he's very generous, nice person, and uh, he's he's a lot a lot of fun to be around. Uh, it's really cold and raining outside right now, and I told him not to run this morning, and of course he told me my opponent might be running, so I have to run. So <laughs> he's out there getting wet. He's out there getting wet.
1: It's probably at the point where now you guys are probably just so much on on the same page, but when you when you when when he says something like that, you know, it just makes you think that even at the age of 40, you know, he's not taking any days off, even though it's raining out, and it's, you know, only a few days away uh, from the fight, but you've been on the record saying that Manny has that killer instinct back. Uh, what makes you say that? Well, I think, uh, you know, he,
2: he hadn't had a knockout for about six years, and then uh, his last fight didn't knock out, and I... I think he maybe forgot the feeling that gives you when you knock somebody out like that. And, uh, it is a great feeling. And it's, um, something all fighters, uh, dream of. And, uh, it felt really good to him. And that, that's why, uh, when going into this fight, it's the first time he's ever told me that, that he's going to go for a knockout. And uh, I I think that was a great, a great thing for him to say. Cause, uh, I love when he, when people are aggressive like that and want, want to knock their opponents out. And uh, I think that's the best way for a fight to end. So it's uh, a great way to go.
1: Do you think that there was anything that Broner said during the lead-up of this fight that got under Manny's skin?
2: Yeah, you know, he was making fun of my Parkinson's a little bit, and
1: Manny was a little pissed off about that. And uh,
2: Manny will stick up for me and... Um, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for this fight.
1: Now, was there anything? Did you have any words with Broner after you made those comments?
2: Um, he just was a little bit of upset about the comments, and uh, he didn't talk too much about it. But he's been much more aggressive since then, and uh, his, his sparring session has been really good. And uh, he, did, they, I, I'm hitting these guys like I'm going to hit Broner.
1: <laughs> what do you what do you make of Broner the fighter? What about Broner in the ring that you think could give Manny problems on Saturday night?
2: Um, he's a little bit difficult, a little bit of a runner, you know. Um, I hope he doesn't run too much and be a real pussy about it. But uh, we'll see if he was to stand up and fight like a man.
1: I love that. Uh, should Manny be victorious Saturday night? I know you've got this question so many times uh, over the last couple of months. Who do you want to see uh, Manny fight next? Should he win on Saturday night? You know,
2: Mayweather is the one I want back because I, I felt that we could have had a much better fight than we did the first time, and he did have a real bad sur- shoulder. He's had surgery. Everything's healthy right now. I think we go into a healthy fight with Mayweather. It's a whole different fight. And that, that's who I would like next, but there is, there's a lot of good guys out there, yes, but Mayweather's the one I want, and I, I kind of want him a little bit for picking on that little kid over there and beating him up. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, what do you, uh, did you, what do you, do you think the fans want to see a rematch between Floyd and, and Manny?
2: I do, I think so, because I think a lot of people thought Manny won that fight anyway. And the thing is, uh, Manny can just do so much better with with, with two healthy hands. And, uh, I wanted people to see, you know, the real Manny Pacquiao and not, you know, the one that, you know, we had a real bad tear in the shoulder and, uh, by the fourth round, he was already going
1: to with one hand. Did you watch the Floyd versus Tension exhibition match?
2: Uh, I did, yes. Uh, well, <laughs> I saw highlights of it and so forth, and that's why I said, he said he, he, he needs a little payback for beating up that little kid. I <laughs> was tiny.
1: I mean, and he was a kickboxer, was, too.
2: I mean... He's a kickboxer, and he, he, like, he looked like he's 10 years old, and I think he cried after the fight. So, I did
1: cry. Have you ever seen a fighter cry uh, as the other fighter was getting his hand raised?
2: No. <laughs> no, not, not, not too often. Uh, fighters just aren't like that. But, uh, again, uh, um, it, it, uh, you know, I I think he wanted to be on TV so people know he's still out there, and we know you're out there, Floyd, and... Just take us next,
1: please. I love it. Uh, you know, one one last thing on on Manny, and I've I've seen this a lot in the sparring videos and on Instagram and whatever Showtime uh, puts out there. But it looks like Manny is focusing a little more on the body. He's never really been a body puncher in his career. Only twenty percent of his landed uh, punches are body shots. Is that something that you worked on in this camp, and is that something that you're going to target on Broner, the, the ribs area?
2: Definitely uh, a big part of this fight. Uh, we'll take his legs out early and, and finish him in later rounds. The body shots will kill him. Now Freddie, he, before he's not a, he's not a clean liver.
1: <laughs> before we let you go, have you put any thought into maybe this is the last time that you walk Manny Pacquiao uh, into the ring? Should he retire after this fight? What's that again? I said, is, have you put any thought into the, the idea that maybe this is the last time that you walk Manny Pacquiao into a ring, should he retire uh, after this fight?
2: Uh, definitely, definitely could be a possibility. Uh, you know, you never know uh, when your age is going to show in the ring. And um, But I think Manny still does what he like, does boxing because it's what he does best. And I... I, I mm, I don't think it's over yet. No, no, no. His dedication is great, and uh, um, you know, if it's not Mayweather, Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia, there's a lot of good names out there, and uh, just uh, get in line. We'll we'll fight them all.
1: Freddie Roach back together with Manny Pacquiao. We'll see him in action this Saturday on Showtime pay-per-view. Thank you so much, Freddie Roach, for joining us here on the show, and uh, best of luck on Saturday night.
2: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. We will win. Thank you.
1: Before we get to Keith one-time Thurman, I must tell you about Jack Doyle's restaurant and bar located a few steps away from Penn Station and Madison Square Garden. Now is the perfect time to head into Jack Doyle's for a private party, for happy hour, Super Bowl's right around the corner. Before you know it, March Madness will be tipping off. Jack Doyle's is the spot to go to in New York City for all the big fights and on January 26th, we have a big fight at the Barclays Center. Keith One Time Thurman will be in the ring against Josecito Lopez. Keith, how's it going, man?
2: It's going good. How are you today?
1: I can't complain. Talking boxing with uh, Keith One Time Thurman. You must be so excited to finally talk about an upcoming fight rather than all the speculation on when you're going to come back. How, how great is it to, to finally have something on that calendar to look forward to?
3: Uh, You know, being back in the business and the sport that I love uh, back in Brooklyn with all the fans in New York, man, like you said, I'm really just ecstatic. Um, I've been feeling great this whole camp. And um, we're looking forward to performing. Getting back in the ring, we got a new platform, Fox. There's a lot of exciting things happening in the world of boxing. And um, even though I was inactive, um, I never went away from the top, and I plan on demonstrating that come the 26th.
1: Uh, what is it like when you're watching a, a playoff uh, football game and then you see all of a sudden you see your face pop up on the TV? That's got to be cool.
3: I mean, it's like a, a dream come true. It's just uh, evidence of, of hard work, uh, dedication, and it just shows me how far I've come from the first time I stepped on a uh, Major Network television. So I'm very proud. My family's very proud, and we're looking forward to this up coming fight and in the future, bigger and better things in the world of boxing. Yeah,
1: you're one, you're a fighter. You you made your debut on, on HBO. You've you fought on Showtime. You're now going to fight on Fox. You know you're making the trifecta. I mean, you've been on almost every uh, network platform. That's why I think that fans identify with you. Fans know you. You know, I saw you at the at the Barclays Center uh, for that uh, for the Charlo card. And I saw you walking through the crowd and, you know, the crowds gather around you. I mean, you elicit a response from the fans, whether it's good or bad. You elicit a response. Is that something that you uh, savor and you uh, you love?
3: Oh, definitely. You know, being around for so long, you know, from, from the days when I first hit in the top 10 and I was calling out everybody yep. and I was moving on up into, you know, being – undefeated world champion and then my my last great adventure defeating danny garcia unifying the wba and the wbc world titles and then having this um having this long layoff but at at the end of the day for for the boxing fans they've seen me go through a lot they've seen me um progress they've seen all the fights i have fans that told me that they watched me they thought i was cocky and then win after win after win after win they said well i guess I guess he's that guy, you know. So, you know, some people done converted. Some people still aren't on my side. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. You know, they, they love watching Keith Thurman fight because they know that the best, act, the best fights at 147 is when Keith Thurman's in the ring.
1: Now, when I saw you walk through the Barclays Center, there was a guy who, let's just say, had a little something to say to you, and you got right up into his face, and I thought that was amazing, first of all, that you would get – it's like when you see a troll on Twitter and you can finally confront him in person. What was that little interaction about?
3: Well, I think if it's the one that, you, that I might be uh, recalling on that day, it was, it was ironic <laughs> that he, he, he was giving me love, he was giving me respect, and he he was asking me for a photo, and I obliged to all of it. Right. And as soon as we're taking the photo, he goes, "But Danny got you, Danny got you." <laughs> wow. And I said, and I said, "Get the out of here! Get out of here! You know what I'm saying? Get out of here! Delete the photo! Delete, I'm, the... <laughs> delete the photo! You know what I'm saying? How you gonna How you gonna try to do me like that? You know." Uh, but, you know, there's so many fans. And, and, and New York's such a unique, eclectic place, man. Yeah. Um, there, there's just so many different kind of personalities out there. And, you know, but like I said, man, even at the end of the day, he thinks his boy Danny beat me. He thinks I was doing nothing but running and stuff, you know. And I, believe, I know I was fighting off my back foot. But if I'm on my back foot, that means you're on your front foot. And how, how far forward do you want to go? See, I ask questions when I'm boxing in the ring. I want to know how hard Danny wanted to fight. And you can watch the fight or you can ask me. He didn't fight that hard. You know, he was, he was, he was timid. He was intimidated. And, um, and, I, and I won that fight easily, man. But, you know, I had a few words with that, with that fan and his, his little two cents. And it just was what it was.
1: Now, do you like, and Floyd Mayweather made a whole career on, on the haters and the, and the people that would tune in to, to watch him lose. Being out of the ring for, for so long and, you know, so many fighters thinking that you were going to retire. I know you said that on, your, on the PBC face-to-face show. People didn't know whether you were going to come back or not, but I'm talking about, like, the haters, like that guy that night who decided to tell you to your face that he thought Danny Garcia won. Do the haters seem to drive you now, like, motivate you as you have to kind of, like, you know, tell them that they're wrong?
3: look i've been boxing for 23 years of my life i'm not it doesn't matter what they think about me at the end of the day i chose boxing this is the life that i chose to live i walk this path and i have a i have a great team but at the end of the day every fighter walks this path alone and and we know that we can get beat at the end of the day my model has never changed. I got to, oh, I'm not afraid to let it go. If you can beat me, beat me. Because when you beat me, you're going to beat me right in my face. It's going to be Imano, Imano. And you're going to deserve all the respect if you walk away with your hand raised against Keith one-time Thurman. Okay? So, here, I'm here for the sport that I love. I'm here living my American dream. That's why I always wear red, white, and blue when I step into the ring. Because every time I'm in that ring, it's a dream come true. And I'm just trying to see how far this dream is going to take.
1: Keith, have you ever thought...
3: We're not th- scared of failure. There's, <laughs> no, there's no need in life to have fear over failure. You know, at the end of the day, it's striving to succeed that's the most important.
1: Keith, have you ever put any thought into writing promos for the WWE? Because you have a gift, my man. WWE? Yeah, have you thought about writing promos for the guys? You know, and, and when they're outside the ring and they, they cut to them and they do these interviews? Because you have a gift, man. You can you can break down a fight, and you can talk, you can hype yourself up. I love it. Nah, I gotta
3: stay in my lane for the
1: most part. <laughs> you stay in your lane for the most part. Let's talk about your fight. January twenty sixth, Josecito Lopez. You say that this is a get back year for you, but you know, when I look at this fight, I can see this fight being an absolute war. What are your thoughts on the upcoming fight?
3: I mean, it is a fight, you know. Um, I didn't want something that's going to be 100%, you know, just bulldover, over, mull this guy over. You know, I wanted somebody that's also going to make me fight, make me think, uh, uh, be ready, you know, somebody that's experienced. And um, I just think this is a, a good matchup. I think, I think it's going to make a good fight for the fans that come out and for everybody that tunes in on Fox. And I'm just uh, really looking forward to it. He called me out after he beat uh, his last undefeated fighter. And he's got a new trainer. He's got a new um, a new set. He's got new confidence inside of him. He uh, just feels ready, like wine. He just feels like he's matured more in the sport, and he, he understands more of what he needs to do, and he's been – um prepared for it for a while now and i look forward to the challenges that jose cito lopez is going to present come the 26th
1: now was there ever a time during this 22 month layoff where you kind of doubted yourself at all or like you know what maybe i don't want to get back in the ring or who knows if i still have it Because everyone has doubts you know you're out of the ring that's almost two years since you last stepped into into a ring was there anything that crept into your mind that led you to believe that, you know, maybe, you know, boxing, maybe, I'll, maybe I don't want to do this anymore. Or maybe, I, you know, I don't have it anymore. Did that creep into your mind at all? I always wonder that when boxers have long layoffs.
3: Impossible. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the WBA champion, world champion of the world, you mm-hmm. know, undefeated. How can an undefeated individual think that, you know, he doesn't have skills at the end of the day, you know? So um, the skills don't go away. What went through my mind was when when am I gonna be healthy? When when am I gonna be able to get a fight date? When am I gonna am I gonna get back in the ring? Is 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 my body is my am I a racehorse that's ran too many laps. Right. You know, that's that's the stuff that was going through my mind is is more of am I ever gonna recover? How many injuries am I gonna have in the future? You know, and, and some of that stuff is still on my mind at the end of the day, you know. Um um I've had a lot of uh, ups and downs, and this sport's not not easy. Not when it just comes to uh, competing on a world class level, but when it comes to what we do to ourselves, what I've what I've done to myself for 23 years, and um, and and continuously trying to do for myself, for the sport, and for the fans.
1: Now you say it's a get back year. I was at that press conference at the Barclays Center uh, when they announced the fight, and you said, you know what, you know this is a year that I get back into in the ring. I get back into action. You know, 2020 maybe is the year that I, you know, get my title back. But let's just throw out a hypothetical here, because that's what we do in the boxing world. Uh, Let's say that Porter wins against Ugas, or Ugas wins, and that WBC belt that was yours, that you've never lost, and they offer you the winner of that fight. Do you take that fight, even though you said that, you know, maybe 2020 is when I want to get back in with champions?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's debatable, you know, um we really just have to take things one step at a time mm-hmm. and um just get out of this fight january 26 see what the outcome is of that uh look at look at our um, assess how we feel and um and it's a possibility ever since ever since i made this fight date and i knew that Sean porter was the new wbc champion um it's been on my mind you know do i take is there going to be one fight and then border, you know, is it is it one fight and then back to unification? Right. Um, we're just going to have to uh, talk to our team and, um, and just create a game plan and um, stay true to it. But obviously the first step is getting through Jose Cito Lopez. And I'm definitely, it's definitely up in the air. I'm, I, it's not a yay right now. And it's definitely not a nay. So we'll have to see.
1: Do you understand why fans will get frustrated when you say, like, you know, 2019 is going to be a get back year for me?
3: A little bit, but at the end of the day, um, I can only do what I can do. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not going to overextend myself on behalf of the fans. You know, that's mm-hmm. where, when when it's time, when, when I feel 100% and I'm capable of competing back on the upper echelon. Of the Walter Wade Division because I fought Sean and then I fought Danny and I had no problem taking those two fights back to back and I would love to do something like that again mm-hmm. you know um, but to, to perform like that uh, at that high level we just got to make sure that everything is um is moving properly and that we feel good and that we feel strong and that we're going able that we're going to be able to push
0: ourselves like that
1: well, that's one thing that I've always admired about you is that, you know, you'll just, you'll tell it how it is. You're not going to get up there and, and lie to the fans. And, you know, so many, t- so many fighters have come on this show and so many fighters have gone to the press and they've promised things when they very well know that they're not going to follow through with them. So when you say that 2019 will be a get-back year, I kind of find that refreshing in a way because you're not lying to the fans. You're not telling them, yes, I'm going to fight Errol yeah, no, Spence next.
3: I'm not upping your expectations, <laughs> Right. you know? You know, I'm being honest. I am a champion. Um, you know, I will perform to the best of my ability throughout this year, and um, we're we're still unsure exactly what that uh, what that means. We really want to just get through this fight. You know, that the elbow was one thing, the hand is a whole nother thing. I really don't like talking about my injuries, but what's in the back of my head is, you know, the doctors said that you should be okay, but you need to watch out because I had two medical opinions. And one kind of said that this thing might be a reoccurring issue. And if it is a reoccurring issue, then we need to attack these issues as soon as they pop up so that I can get, so that I can be 100 so I can fight the people that you want me to fight mm-hmm. and the people that I want to fight and prove that I am the number one Walter weight in the Walter White division. You know, I, I, I love the sport of boxing. I love where boxing is today. I think boxing is coming back very strong um, in the eyes of the general public, um, and and Fox is at the forefront of making this all possible. So, of course I want to fight Sean Porter. Of course I want to fight an Errol Spence on, on Fox Network for multi, multi millions of viewers to see. At the end of the day, though, when I step in the ring, I'm not stepping in the ring for a paycheck. I'm stepping in the ring to be victorious. And that's exactly what I plan on doing each and every time throughout my career.
1: Very reasonable. Very, very reasonable. Are you gonna be heading out to Vegas for a Pacquiao Brona?
3: I would really love to, <laughs> but that would end up being a day trip and my fight is right around the corner. So I'm unfortunately not gonna be able to make it out there. Uh, if it under any other circumstances, I would definitely be out there uh to enjoy the fight, to enjoy the atmosphere the fans in Vegas itself. Uh, but I'm going to be at home um, putting in some road work.
1: I know you'll be watching, though, right?
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll be tuning in. I, I will be because um, we have a little bit of interest in that fight as yeah. well, um, just seeing what the outcome is. Um, I'm pro Boner, Broner in that fight because I like the young guys over the older guys. Um, oh, really? I didn't like Pacquiao's performance against um, Horn. I know he's looked better since then, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, a lot of people can compete with Manny Pacquiao. Throughout his whole career, he doesn't normally dominate everybody. Everybody can get a punch in on him, and he's a southpaw, and Broner's best punch is that straight right hand. And I think that's going to be a, a major key for victory. The only downside, if you if your team Broner, is, is his offense going to be enough. Um, is Manny Pacquiao going to put him on his defense, and is he going to – Is Broner going to be in that ring on a world-class level pretending like it's sparring and and like there's nothing on the line when everything's on the line, you know? I think he understands that this is uh, one of the biggest shots in his fighting career, that he has a a major opportunity to put a lot of respect back on his name. Mm -hmm. He's young. I do believe that the fire has been lit, and I hope to see it in his performance. If he was to not win, it wouldn't be the biggest surprise because he's disappointed those who have cheered for him in the past. Right. But at the end of the day, um, I just don't go for forty-year-old guys who's been beaten seven times.
1: Uh, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I know a lot of fans. When Pacquiao came over to PBC, I mean, you know, the, obviously the PBC has such so much talent in the one hundred and forty-seven division. First name I thought of: Pacquiao versus versus Keith Thurman. I think that would be such an exciting fight. You know, have you ever obviously you said you you thought about that, but you know just lacing them up against a legend like that that must be that would be something special.
3: Definitely, you know, I mean, sometimes it happens like that. you don't you don't get you don't get to fight the legend till they're on the last legs of their careers. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, um, it's happened to many fighters in history. You know, Muhammad Ali uh, fought some legends when they were past their prime. You know, a lot of fighters have fought legends when they were past their prime. And, you know, if I had an opportunity, of course, we would uh, gladly take it just yeah. to be a part of that legend's legacy. But like being part of one of his last rodeos, or whatever it is, so I would accept it with open arms. So and I'd be grateful.
1: What you're saying is that you have no problem retiring Manny Pacquiao?
3: That's one way of saying
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I got to do. I got to get that's those answers is, out of you.
3: That is one way of saying it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before we let you go, Keith, I heard I read somewhere that um, Errol Spence says that a more tough a tougher fight. Maybe it was Errol Spence or someone from his camp said that a tougher fight for for Errol would be Keith Thurman over Terence Crawford. Do you find that flattering?
3: Um. I find it realistic, man. You know, a lot of these guys can say what they want about me, say say what they want about my injuries and everything that I've been through, but deep down they know that I am where I am for a reason and I haven't been beaten for a reason. And they've seen me make adjustments in the ring, and they know that I'm not one-dimensional. You can't just have one game plan and be like, "Oh, we're just going to beat Keith like this." It's real simple. You know, it's not that simple. And um, a lot of people are starting to acknowledge it. Um, and, and from what I've heard, it's actually been said the same from both parties. Terrence Crawford said Keith Thurman's harder than Errol Spence, and Errol Spence said Keith Thurman's harder than Terrence Crawford. So it's pretty much been said from both parties. And um, um, it, it does flatter me just a little bit to, to get that kind of respect. Um, and then if I was to return the favor, I believe – just because of the size and and what I, um, the 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 overall um, technique and defense, I think Errol Spence is a little superior than Terrence Crawford. Hmm. Now, I, Crawford has still yet to beat anybody important at 147, and he might be able to change my opinion with a certain performance. But what he did against. Gamboa and what he did against everybody at 140 to me that has nothing to do with you competing at 147 pounds. We are not those guys. We are not those fighters. We are far superior. I mean, even Sean Porter is better than the competition that Terrence Crawford has faced. Um, Danny Garcia is better than the competition that Crawford has faced. And we, I'd like to see what Crawford really does at 147. So he does not have the credentials and he doesn't. he has yet to show me that he's superior to um, Errol Spence
1: Jr. It looks like Crawford's going to be facing Amir Khan uh, on April 20th at the Garden. We'll see uh, how the power holds or if he can bring that power up to 147 because I think that's the biggest criticism against against Crawford as he moves up is can he bring that power that he had at, at 140? But before we let you go, last thing, what do you make of this, you know, the whole fragmentation of boxing? Obviously, you're on the Fox platform with PBC, doing very well for yourself. There are a ton of big fights uh, that you can, they can make in that PBC family, but you know, right across the street, as if you will, is Terence Crawford. What do the fighters make of this? I know the fans can't get over the fact that we may not see some of these biggest fights because of the network, you know, obligations and all that. What do you make of all that? Do you think about that stuff, or are you just looking at, about what's in front of you?
3: You know, I'm an open minded individual, and I think that a lot of people keep forgetting what we've made happen in the past, you know, when Floyd Mayweather fought Manny Pacquiao, it was showcased on two networks. That was never been done before, but for the sake of that fight, it was done. And I believe that if a great fight is to be made, um, not only can you make it happen through negotiation, Hmm. but sometimes there is some compromises, which side will have to make the compromise, that's up in negotiation. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm still a free agent. Right. Keith Thurman has the rights to do what Keith Thurman wants to do. Um, and and we will see. I mean, there's no reason to go against Fox right now. Fox is a beautiful platform. I'm honored to be uh, fighting on it, and I can, and I look forward to continuously moving forward with Fox But if something was to pop up that could be superior, then why would I not take that opportunity? Life is all about the opportunities that present themselves. That's why I constantly try to remind you, and I constantly try to remind the fight fans that you cannot predict the future. Who would have known that ESPN would have been putting out $3.5 million, $5 million for a fight? Who would have saw that coming? Okay? So at the end of the day, there, you have to take everything one fight at a time. you gotta, you got to take one brick at a time to build a castle. So slowly but surely, we will see what will happen. Of course, you can have feelings and predictions like, ah, this looks like, it looks like, but let's see what ends up playing out. Chad Crawford is not at the forefront of my mind right now, but when, when he is, you will, you will hear about it and I'll do whatever it takes to make the fight happen.
1: Keith Thurman, love talking boxing with you. I can talk all day. I will see you on Saturday, January 26th, when you step back into the ring against Josecito Lopez. Thank you so much for the time. Joining us now on the program is Mr. Adam Abramowitz. He is the founder-in-chief of Saturday Night Boxing and one of the best follows on Twitter if you are a boxing fan. He's joining us right now from Las Vegas. How is it out there in the desert, Adam? Doing well. Uh, it's fit in the 50s, but it's certainly better than uh, than snowy Philadelphia right now. Are you getting real? Oh, and the Eagles lost too yesterday, so I'm sure you're happy to be out of Philly, and it's probably burning up the city right now because of that loss yesterday. Yeah, to the
0: same- yeah it, w- it was not a good day, but unfortunately... Uh- I can't say it, 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 you know it. It was expected from my perspective. You know they they fought well, but uh, the Saints are a really good team.
1: Let's talk some boxing before we get into the the upcoming fight this weekend. You're in Vegas, Pacquiao Broner. Let's address some of the rumors that have been circulating on the interwebs this weekend. It's Triple G Canelo three. Oscar puts out the tweet that he sent his uh, marching orders out for his men uh, uh, to make the fight. And, of course, the other rumor is Triple G to the zone. You know, both of those kind of go hand in hand. What's the likelihood that we see a Triple G Canelo three?
0: I certainly think it's possible. Uh, The money is there for that fight to be made. Uh, The question is whether or not Golovkin wants to do that fight immediately uh, or does he want another fight in between or... Uh, He has a lot of options, and uh, even though he's uh, You know thirty six or thirty seven at this point in time of his career uh, He still has a couple of big fights left and uh, I think it's up to him to Plot the course for his career. He certainly could fight Canelo next, but uh, there's no guarantees he may want another opponent and uh, He certainly earned the right to do what he wants at this point in his career
1: now You saw know if you saw this but Eric Gomez put out a tweet and he pretty much said along the lines that, wow, uh, you know, Golovkin doesn't seems like he doesn't want the money anymore. He just wants to fight easy opponents. That leads me to believe that maybe he is going to align himself with ESPN. I know it's pure speculation, but I would not be surprised if, if Golovkin turns down the zone, turns down uh, Canelo. We had Jim Lampley on this program, you know, right after their second fight. And he got the feeling that Golovkin, you know, thought he won the fight, thought he won both fights kind of got tired of of chasing uh, Canelo around, kind of got tired of of them dictating the terms of that fight. So I would not be surprised if Golovkin uh, kind of just spurned uh, Team Canelo. And that kind of leads to your point there where, you know, he's at this point in his career where he can do whatever he wants.
0: We had a a media event a few weeks ago where we met with – um, Sergey Dervinchenko and uh, and and Connolly, who manages Danny Jacobs and Dervinchenko and he asked all the media members, "Where is Golovkin going to go next? Is he going to go to ESPN? Is he going to go to PBC? Is he going to go to Zone?" And I think there are about nine or ten media members, and everybody had almost a different answer. Right. Uh, we we could make a case for any of the three networks. My own thought at that time, it was probably about a month and some ago, is I actually thought he would go to ESPN because I know that, you know, Aram has wanted him for a long time. There's a, a friendly relationship between Bob and, and Tom Loeffler, um, but I could I can make a case for any of the three networks uh, or any of the three platforms. So... None of that would be surprising to me, and uh, it's clear the decision hasn't been made. I don't take Eric Gomez's comments that seriously because, it's to me, it's a negotiating tactic. So, you know, suddenly if Golovkin comes back the next day and agrees to terms, that tweet is right. uh, no longer relevant.
1: Right. We've so. seen that so many times. How many times have you seen a tweet, you know, especially from Oscar or, or Team uh, Golden Boy? You know, it's all, it's all negotiation tactics. I think it's, even the fans know it at this point. Yeah, now you know it's funny about talking about the fans. You know, after this this Triple G Canelo the second fight, everyone wanted to see the trilogy. You know, that was the consensus, at least on, on my Twitter timeline, is that you know Golovkin's got to get back in there. He's got to beat Canelo. He's got to beat him once and for all. I want to see that third fight. And then now as that kind of dragged on, and Jacobs kind of became the front runner. You know, not all of a sudden everyone wants to see Canelo fight Jacobs and they want nothing to do with the trilogy between Canelo and Golovkin. Does that just kind of sum up boxing fans in a nutshell?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, From my personal perspective, I strongly believe that Golovkin won the first fight. Uh, It was a competitive fight, but I thought he won eight rounds to four. Agreed. The second one, I I thought he might have pulled it out in a much closer fight. Um, I've seen the fights. I like them. Uh, if I see a third, I'm not against it. But, you know, unfortunately, Golovkin didn't get the, the recognition he deserved in the first one. Uh, and that hurts his career to some degree. I mean, it certainly hurts his financial earning power, and it hurts his legacy to a degree. Um, I mean, most people thought he won. and But over time, you know, the history will show it as a draw, and that's unfortunate. But um, so he was denied his his place uh, in, in, in a degree and you know he, he feels like he got a raw deal and i understand that he may want to go in a different direction you know at a certain point uh he has enough money now where he doesn't need to worry about the rest of his life nor his children i mean he has made a lot of money yes. so it really it really is up to how he wants to end his career and those decisions and and uh, I, I as I said earlier, I could see him going down all sorts of paths. But as you talked about boxing fans, uh, yeah, you know they uh, they they get pulled in different directions, and uh, that's the way the sport goes. They get manipulated sometimes by the media. They get uh, they love a fighter, they hate a fighter, they love a fighter again. It's a uh, it's a fickle bunch.
1: Tell us, a, tell us a little bit about your, your platform, Saturday Night Boxing. I love it. I just sure. got into the, the Facebook group, which I didn't even know existed, but it, now that I do, it's great. I mean, it's always it's popular. It's very popular. Uh, tell us a little bit about Saturday Night yeah. Boxing and everything that goes into that.
0: Sure. Uh, I've been writing my website, SaturdayBoxing.com, since 2011, and uh, I have... Uh, you know I write about some of the the big issues in the sport both about the fights themselves and some of the, the political stuff outside of the ring and uh, um, I also appear on a, a monthly podcast uh, punch the face radio with Brandon Stubbs we have a very good time
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, as far as there's a Facebook group associate SN boxing it has I don't know upwards of 5,000 people on it and I have a very active Twitter following on, on SN Boxing. It's, it's funny, um, about three or four years ago, I had an old Facebook account uh, called Saturday Night Boxing. At that point in time, it had 78,000 people on it. Oh, and wow. It was the largest boxing uh, form on Facebook. I mean, it was enormous, people from all over the world. And then, unfortunately, as happens these days with technology, uh, that site got hacked, Oof. and it just shut down. So that was a really sad day when I lost 78,000, uh, uh, a group of 78,000 just in a snap of a finger. But, uh, this new group's a lot of fun. And, you know, there are people that have been on these sites for seven or eight, uh, seven or eight years. And we kind of pride ourselves on, on the Facebook to mostly, you know, it's not, it's, it's for knowledgeable fans. It's for people that, that have opinions that know the sport real well. And, uh, there's some good discussion and but there's a lot of fun too. So, um, but primarily, I love writing, and uh, I'm a part of the uh, Ring Magazine, Ring Ratings panel, uh, which decides you know, who's pound for pound and who's the best in each division. I'm also a member of the Transnational uh, Boxing Rankings Board, or t- TBRB.org, which is another group that ranks fighters from around the world. So, um, yeah, I take, that, uh, I take those positions uh, in those groups seriously, and I watch a ton of fights, and I love writing about them.
1: This Saturday night, I know you'll be watching Pacquiao-Broner. What's your opinion on that fight?
0: It's a good fight. You know, it's fun. Um, I don't think it's the best fight that either of those guys could be in, but I like the matchup. Uh, Pacquiao's 40 um, is coming off a very nice win against Lucas Matisse. Uh, Broner has come up short in his uh, biggest fights to date. But um, he can fight. He definitely can fight, and uh, he's he's entertaining in his own ways. Uh, I think it's a good fight. I, I definitely favor Pacquiao there. Um, uh, I like him. I like him probably to win by a decision. Uh, but um, you know, I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be a slaughter. I definitely, you know, Broner even in the fights that he loses. Uh, has a way to come back and make things close. Right. You know, he he's lost uh you know, the Porter fight, he had a knockdown in the 12th round, Mikey Garcia. I thought he closed very strong. So, I don't think it's going to be a kickwalk for Pacquiao. I think it's going to be a competitive fight, but I think um I think the big difference between the two fighters is going to be his punch volume. I think he's just more active and uh he throws his hands more and and he's more offensively minded. So, I think that will be the big uh uh, separator, but I'm
1: expecting a fun fight. How do you How do you see it? I I, I see it the same way you do. I, I think that, that Pacquiao will will get the decision. Like it's funny, you, people keep bringing up the fact that that Pacquiao throws his hands more uh, than Broner. But if you take a look at the copy box numbers, which we have in front of us at all times, right. over the last five fights, it's Broner. That's more that uh, has a higher punch volume than than uh, Manny Pacquiao. I I don't think a lot of fans. That's don't. why
0: data. That's why is a wonderful thing, yeah. and uh, I think that's really cool. I saw a note like that, and you know, as uh, you know, CopyBox, as, as your family has been given us a very good service to the sport. Uh, it's a tool and a very useful tool. Um, but you know, Broner uh, certainly can be very offensive, right. but there are. As you know, rounds where he just kind of keeps it in his holster, Absolutely. right? He doesn't let his his punches go. So at times he can be very offensive, but he has these lulls during fights. And it's his and, defense uh, too.
1: It's his defense. It's it, Pacquiao. Is, yeah. I think he gives up six uh, punches per round. He only lands on him where Broner's getting hit with thirteen power punches around. I think it's the defense that's going to be the biggest difference uh, in this fight too. Right.
0: And that's the thing to me years ago, going back five or six years ago, when everyone was calling Broner a clone of Mayweather, (laughs) you know, and if you watched, I mean, yeah, he does a shoulder roll, but if you watch them fight, they're so different. You know, and it always bothered me um, because it was such an easy and lazy comparison. You know, Broner is not the defensive fighter that Mayweather is by any stretch of the imagination. And he's also a pocket fighter. He doesn't like to move his legs that much. You know, Mayweather, you know, patrols the ring. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just such. So when people are like, "Well, you know, Mayweather handled Pacquiao easily, and you could see what Broner. They're just they're really different fighters. And then Mayweather has that. He had that X factor, like where he had to win. You know, it right. was that you see in all the great athletes in all the sports, where like they're driven, like they have to win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They they will do whatever it takes. And Broner is just not that person. He's lost a few times doesn't seem to have killed him. He doesn't have that compulsive, you know, that Kobe Bryant, you know, that Michael Jordan, where like they they must win. They must. And I just don't feel that same you know, intangible with Broner.
1: I totally agree with you. Uh, It's going to be an interesting night, Saturday night, Pacquiao and Broner, Showtime pay-per-view. Adam Abramowitz, you can find his work at Saturday Night Boxing, also on Facebook, and uh, follow him on Twitter. A lot of quality hate retweets, one of my favorite things uh, to see on Twitter. Adam, thank you so much, and enjoy Vegas, all right?